evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Millennial Guide. My name is Brooke, and I am your 26-year-old millennial gal out here living my best life, and I'm here to help give you the tips, tricks, and tools to live your best life. And first, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Um, I'm hitting you with two back-to-back episodes, so if you heard the one yesterday and you're hearing the one today, thank you for being a real one and being here um, back-to-back. And today we have a super special guest that I had the uh, opportunity to meet back in April at a Beauty Boost event, and she is amazing. She does all the things. She does yoga practice. She does a Reiki practice. She is also getting her law degree, not to mention, and she is a model. So, and she's young as well. So she, she's really hit the ground running in her life, and she is such an inspiration and I'm excited to bring her on here. So welcome, Lily Goodman. Thank you, Brooke. You're, you're such a kind introduction. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your background. You can start wherever you want about whether you want to go into your past, whether you want to go into how you got started in yoga, Ricky, all the above, law, what you're doing now, modeling, anything you want to start with, go right ahead. Awesome. Yeah. So to start, you know, I've grown up in Richmond and I still live here now. Um, And I guess I've always kind of been a little bit different from other kids. I was always a little bit more of um, a mature kid. I'm an only child biologically, but I gained three lovely step siblings when I was about five. So I had the pleasure of, you know, experiencing life with and without siblings. Um, But I spent a lot of time with adults as a kid, which I think really impacted me, Um, you know, growing up faster and just trying to have more intellectual conversations since I would be with adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my childhood, I grew up with a lot of exposure to the spiritual, like new age spiritual realm. My mom's really into crystals and feng shui. Uh, she actually wrote a book with her best friend. It's a fiction novel, but they use the real principles of feng shui in the book and so um I just grew up with a lot of that yoga was part of my you know childhood my mom would take me to classes with her and for me growing up yoga was a lot more fitness centric especially Mm -hmm. as I became more of like a teenage girl middle school yoga was definitely more of like a fitness activity for me but that's definitely since changed um Mm -hmm. And when I was 16, I actually decided to go live abroad in China. So I um, had studied Chinese when I was growing up in school since I was in sixth grade. And when I was 16, I decided to go to China. Um, It was like a study abroad trip with about 30 other American students. We lived with host families and it was an absolutely amazing experience. I wouldn't have gone back and changed it for the world but I did while I was there I lived alone pretty much um you know there wasn't I lived with the host family but there wasn't the same level of of um guidance as there is when you're living with your own parents mm-hmm. and the way the culture is there it's just different they don't really have a lot of kids that are breaking the rules like American (laughs) students are so um, accustomed to doing from the way that we've grown up with the media teaching us to do those things. So um, yeah, when I was there, I experienced some traumatic events that really left a mark on my mental health. And at the time, being young, I didn't understand how important it is to talk through those events when they happen. And I just kind of shut them out, shoved them into the depths of my being and wanted to pretend like it never happened. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and which worked pretty well for me for a while. And I returned home from China and one of my aunts, she was like almost like a second mom to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we found out she had cancer, pancreatic cancer. And so for the next six months after I returned, we spent with her watching her slowly pass away. Mm-hmm. And that was obviously a very devastating thing to go through. Right. But um, it allowed me something else to put my focus into to not work through this trauma that I had developed. And so going into freshman year of college, um, I was not in a good place. I was very anxious, very depressed. And it just kept getting worse and worse until finally the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college, I was like, I need to change something. And I kind of got that aha moment that I needed in order to really dedicate myself to working through these mental blocks that I had accumulated and the anxiety and depression that I had. So I started seeing a therapist and I had seen therapists before, but I was not interested in actually helping myself. You know, I, I didn't really want to talk about things and I just wanted to go in order to go and say I went, but I wasn't really dedicated to making sure I could work through these things. Right. And so after I started seeing that therapist, it made a huge difference. I mean, I I still, you know, thank her so much for all of the help that she's given me throughout the years. But, you know, with talk therapy, I think there's so much that you can accomplish. But at a certain point, there's not really much left to talk through. Once you've talked it all through, you kind of hit a plateau. And that's what happened to me. And I know a lot of other people have, um, I've heard have had similar experiences. And so I'm totally an advocate for going to a therapist doing traditional talk therapy. But I think at a point, you need to work through things energetically and in the body. Right. So it was at this time where I decided that I wanted to get back into yoga. You know, I had done it, like I said before, more so as a fitness endeavor, not really with a lot of emphasis on the spiritual or, you know, mental health benefits that yoga can provide. And once I started getting back into it, I started to delve deeper into those energetic and physical benefits that yoga can provide that are beyond that of just a fitness modality. Mm. And this was really profound for me. I saw shifts in my mental health that I, me and my therapist were astounded by. Um, Wow. And this led me to want to go get my yoga teacher training because I had experience such profound benefits myself my goal in life in anything that I do has always been to help other people Mm -hmm. Um, and so getting my yoga teacher training seemed like a great way to turn my painful experiences into something beautiful by being able to help other people transform their pain into something beautiful as well And so throughout that process of deciding to go get my yoga teacher training and doing more research into the spiritual aspects of yoga, I was doing a lot of work with chakra energy healing, Mm -hmm. which is something that um, you can do in many different forms. You can heal chakras with sounds. You can heal chakras with different foods. Reiki is also really helpful with uh, chakra energy healing. And so... The chakra system is, it's called, the, the name chakra means wheel in Sanskrit. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's um, basically like a, a ancient 
modality of healing the energy centers within the body. So there's seven main chakra centers within the body. There's a lot of different chakras, hundreds, but um, within the body, we normally focus on the seven. Mm -hmm. And these chakras each connect with a different um, center in the nervous system physically. So if you look at where the chakras are placed against a Western anatomical view of the nervous system, you'll see that each chakra connects with a major center in the nervous system, which right. is pretty cool because this, um, the chakra energy system was written in the Vedas, which is about 3,000 years old. We didn't have this Western anatomy written out like we do now. And so I think it's a pretty cool way of um, working through things that are not only physical, but also mental and spiritual. Yeah, that's so cool. And kind of give people um, a preview of the seven different chakras, because I know there's like, like, there's the head, the heart. Um, I know there's at least one at the bottom of your feet. There's like a pelvic one. Am I on the right track or am I totally off? <laughs> no, you're right. So yeah, there are seven main chakras in the body that we that I normally focus on when doing Reiki sessions. Um, there's the root, which is red. It's the foundation. Then there's the sacral chakra that's um, orange. And it's more so connected with our like uterus and... Um, with creativity. The solar plexus is located in the stomach. It's a very fiery, it's yellow. Um, so that's the digestive fire. The heart is green with a little bit of pink in the center. And, um, you know, that connects with not only the heart, but also the lungs and anything really in that region. Um, same with the throat, that's a sky blue and with communication, that's really important. The third eye in between the brows is a deep blue with um, connecting to your intuition. And then the final is the crown. That's a purple. Some people uh, see it as white as well. Um, and that's located at the very top of the head. It's connecting to your connection with the divine. That's so interesting. And, and it's, it's even cooler to think about this is like, I don't know if you said hundreds or thousands of years old, but it's, it's a really like ancient practice. And it's amazing that like, it still holds true today, even with, you know, the crazy anatomy drawings that we have nowadays versus what they had back then. Um, so I think, I think that's really like powerful to think about. Yeah, I think it's a really great um, method of working through things energetically and, it's really interesting because we can see if there's a blockage in one of these chakra centers that's maybe energetic, it can manifest itself into something physical. So say you have a really hard time communicating your needs to others or communicating your truth, your true self, then you could manifest that eventually with continued throat blockage as maybe a thyroid issue. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So that's why I think it's really important to work through these energetic uh, imbalances before they manifest themselves into physical symptoms, because we the mind body connection is not something that we can deny. It's it's so ingrained in our life and our in our being. Oh, I totally agree. And it goes as like, as simple as like you think about a lemon and your mouth starts to water because you think about like how sour a lemon is versus like like there's been stories of like women that like develop actual like pregnancy symptoms even though they're not physically pregnant but because they think they are they'll like actually develop symptoms like it's so it's so amazing to me um th exactly what you said the mind body connection and how that all forms and so what's like, I guess if somebody said, 
he just came to you like blank slate and said, I want to learn more about this. How do I start healing? Maybe they do have communication issues or maybe they're a little bit hot headed when they get angry. Um, and they say, I just, I want to start healing. What do I do? What, what's your like go-to, I guess, practice for them? Yeah. So the beauty with working with the chakras is there are so many different ways to heal, which I think is important because we all have a different thing that we feel most connected to. To one person, meditation might be a great outlet, but to another, they're not going to sit and meditate and they need to work on their healing too. So there needs to be other options, which there are. So that's Um, what I think is lovely. I really love to recommend to my clients journaling. So I do like a a stream of consciousness journaling, which is kind of like you set aside a timer, maybe five to 10 minutes, and you focus on a question. So say, you know, someone did have a throat chakra blockage. Um, They ask themselves, what is blocking my throat chakra and just think about it, write down whatever comes to your mind. It doesn't have to be sentences. It could even not make any sense. Um, You write down whatever comes to your mind and the first one to two minutes are probably gonna be tough because things aren't gonna come to you straight away. Right. But once you get focused into it, you'll really reveal some interesting things to yourself uh, your subconscious starts to talk and then you have this this sheet of paper that you can go back and look at and highlight and see, okay, so that's maybe something I need to work on. I think that this method really works for a lot of people because it's not centered in, you know, a specific practice. Yeah. But I really love to work with crystals. Um, there's all sorts of information on different crystals that work with different chakras, a lot of overlap too. Um, Food is another great way. So blueberries would be a great thing to add into your diet more for a throat chakra blockage. Um, And activities. So practicing speaking up for yourself on things that are maybe you know, more easy to practice with so that when a situation arises where you are feeling shut down because you don't know how to speak about, speak up for yourself, mm-hmm. you have that practice on a smaller scale that can make you feel more empowered on a larger scale with something that seems more scary. Yeah. And I've even heard like, Um, I've heard through different podcasts and different teachers and everything on like this, starting with the small things, it could literally be as like, if you go to a restaurant and you wanted the dressing on the side instead of on your salad saying like, Oh, um, excuse me, like, could I get this on the side? And that might seem so minuscule to somebody, but to somebody that's not like used to speaking up for themselves, it can be a big deal. And so I totally, I totally believe in that. Um, is that kind of like where you're going with that? Oh, for sure. No, that's a great example. And because when we do these things on a smaller scale, and this goes with so many of our fears, and that's where a lot of imbalances come from is fear. And so when we address these fears that we have on a smaller scale, we feel so much more empowered when it comes to facing the actual fears. Right. Yeah. And so, okay. So People might want to start with journaling. They might want to start with meditation. And what if they feel like, like, okay, they're journaling, they're sitting down, they're setting timers and like none of maybe their stream of consciousness does make sense. And what if they're still feeling kind of stuck, still feeling kind of lost? Um, What do you do from there? And I'm kind of giving you a tough curveball here. (laughs) Yeah. So I would recommend, I mean, I am a Reiki practitioner. And Mm -hmm. so I think Reiki is such a great um, form of of a healing modality when it comes to working through energetic blockages in the chakras. Um, So I would definitely recommend if someone's really experiencing some toughness with working through 
these blockages on their own or maybe they just want to streamline the process a little bit for themselves, um, then doing a Reiki session could be a really helpful way to kind of speed up the process a bit. And what is a Reiki session for those who don't know? Yeah, so Reiki is a Japanese energy healing modality. Mm -hmm. Um, It was first like written down and founded in the way that, um, you know, we, we uh, presume things to be founded in the Western world mm-hmm. in um, the 1900s. So, you know, very recent, it was written down, but it's been practiced for a very long time. And um, the man who kind of, you know, streamlined it was Dr. Yasui. Okay. And uh, this practice is helpful not only for working through energetic blockages, that's a big part of my practice personally, mm-hmm. but it's very helpful for doing some, some chronic pain healing and um, some post-operative healing. They actually offer Reiki in different medical hospitals like Yale's Hospital and Duke. They offer Reiki as a great complementary treatment for chronic pain and post-operative recovery. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so it's it's got real benefits. I know it sounds a little bit woo-woo, just hearing it off the tongue, but um, no, there are a lot of studies out there now that have shown there to be true... Uh, benefits that Reiki is more effective than the placebo in reducing pain and anxiety. Wow. Okay. And is it, is it like a breathing practice? Is it a stretching practice? What's like the physical part of it? Yeah. So when I meet with a client, I'll have them lay down on a massage table, Mm -hmm. you know, fully clothed, and then they just close their eyes we take a few deep breaths together to get them, you know, kind of in the in the zone. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll just, you place your hands either slightly above the body or with a light touch and um, transmit this healing energy. They call it, some modalities of Reiki call it healing touch um, because that is really what it is. And it's crazy. It sounds like it wouldn't be all that um, profound, but studies have shown that it's really providing a lot of people with pain reduction. And that's both energetically, mentally, and physically. That's very cool. And it's like, it's amazing to, to kind of picture that in perspective, because just like we said before, like the physical goes with kind of the mental. And I know even like, this isn't necessarily the same thing. But even after like a massage, you feel good, physically and mentally, same thing after like a yoga session, you feel good physically and mentally. So I can only picture what it would be like having that healing session and feeling good both like inside and out, especially if I had a chronic pain or recent surgery or something like that. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I like to call Reiki to um, to people who don't know what it is. I like to say it's a massage for your aura. So your aura is your energetic field. And so it's kind of, it's just like getting a massage for your aura. After a Reiki session, you just feel this like weight lifted, very much so like going to get a massage. Yeah, that's so cool. And so now, so you have your own practice. Do you have like a location that people can visit or do you invite them into your home or do you go visit them? Yeah. So I do sessions in person at Tao Studio in Richmond, Virginia. Um, But I also travel, I do private sessions in home in, in the Richmond area. And I also do distance sessions online. So you can transmit Reiki distantly. um, And it gives the same benefits. Okay, that's amazing. So how does, how does it work through technology? Because that's, that's like, that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So um, you want to have some sort of 
thing to make as a surrogate. So some people, some practitioners, like the lady that I learned from, she has this this uh, human anatomy figure that she uses as her, I guess, surrogate Reiki person. But you can also just have a sheet of paper printed out with a picture of, you know, a person or just the energy centers. Mm-hmm. And then you invoke the distance Reiki symbol. Um, and so when you do that, it connects you to the person distantly. And it's basically just intention setting and which intention setting has been proven to be a very powerful practice. Um, mm-hmm. And so when you set the intention to transmit it to that person distantly, it's going to go to that person distantly. And there's been numerous um, accounts on on how how profoundly powerful it is even over distance which is is crazy yeah so okay that's like yeah that's amazing to me that it's like you don't even you don't even have to be near the person it's kind of like one of the things like you think it you believe it it and it will happen and um so I think that's that's very cool and that's super interesting yeah there's a lot of um Reiki practitioners now that do like videos where they transmit Reiki to anyone who's watching um and all sorts of different ways to get access to that um other than just private sessions like I do a class at Tao that's a yin and Reiki class um, and so it makes it more accessible in order to access Reiki either in person or distantly. Okay. And so you're like, you're like the jack of all trades or like a better word. <laughs> uh, you, so you do a yin class. What is that? Yin yoga. Um, okay. I'm, I'm all into like the healing modalities. Give me, I love to tap into people's parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest and get out of that fight or flight. Um, And so yin is another helpful practice in achieving that goal to help people with just relaxing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yin yoga is based off of uh, Chinese traditional medicine and in the practice, you hold poses for a longer period of time. You don't engage as much as you would in uh, traditional yoga classes. You want to go about 30 to 40% into a pose so that you are really targeting the joints and the connective tissues instead of the muscles. Oh, okay. And so we're getting into those like harder parts of the body. Um, and when we do that, we hold it for a longer time so that you can really get into those parts of the body. And physically, it helps generate synovial fluid in the joints, which help. it's like our joint lubrication and hyaluronic acid, which I think a lot of us know about hyaluronic acid from its wonderful skin benefits. But um, mm-hmm. it's great for the joints as well to keep you you know, active and moving for as long as possible. And so those are some of the physical, um, more anatomy-based benefits, I guess. But um, in terms of energetically, it works a lot with getting into the hips. And Mm -hmm. the hips are where we store a lot of trauma. And so when we can get into the hips and kind of allow some of that to release and really sink deep and sit and allow it to come out, then you can experience a lot of of relief from this practice. I've gone into classes before and I've cried because I've had some emotional release from getting out some sort of stagnant energy that's been stuck in my hips. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've cried at yoga classes before. Like I I've done the same thing and I didn't know that it was coming from the hips, which is really interesting. And like I know a lot of people um going back to the joints, like a lot of people that seems to be like a trouble point no matter what age you are. Like 
I think, you know, I started having like knee problems when I was doing cheerleading at like 16 years old (laughs) Um, or, or like elbow issues or like things like that. And so like, I have no doubt that, um, you know, that movement through the hips, like that's essentially, yeah, where your body kind of gets, it traps itself, especially because now we're so sedentary and a lot of our work jobs are sedentary. And maybe even if you don't have a sedentary work job, you come home and you sit and you watch TV or you sit down at dinner time. And so I can imagine that like, that's like a total like blockage right there, right at your hips. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're sitting so much that we chronically have weak and tight hips Mm -hmm. as a society. And that's why we have so many people getting all sorts of hip issues, um, because we're not really doing what we need to to protect them. Uh, But this practice, I think, is really beautiful for, for that. And it doesn't only just work with the hips. For instance, my, I actually broke my back when I was 18. Oh my gosh! And um, it was it was fine, you know. It, I sustained the best possible injury I could have gotten, but mm-hmm. I still shattered a, a vertebra in my spine. So that's not really the best uh, thing. But yeah, through I had experienced some, you know, lingering impacts from that up until I really started committing myself to practicing yoga and doing longer holds like we do in yin with some of the spinal poses like twists mm-hmm. and I have not really experienced not even a quarter of the pain or discomfort that I used to have like sitting in the car for a couple hours drive used to be really hard on me but um, now I don't even feel it it's, it's amazing Oh my gosh. And so, okay. So if somebody wants to like get into this and get into the practice of yin or of yoga or stretching in general, um, how many times a week do you recommend that they do it? And is it recommended to do it on their own or do they have to go into a studio or can they watch a YouTube video? What's your recommendations? Yeah, I think that everyone's got to do it the way they feel most comfortable. Because when we try to convince ourselves to do something that we're not totally comfortable doing when it comes to starting a new thing, then we just don't do it. It's just, yeah. it's just that's just <laughs> what happens. And so uh, for me, the way I started getting back into it is I started watching the YouTube videos, Yoga with Adrienne. I really Yes, love I love her. I love Adrienne. Yeah. she's so cool and she has her dog um in the videos with her so it's just cute and Mm -hmm. me and my friend were doing it together so it was kind of like we didn't do it at the same time in the same room but we would watch the same videos so it kind of built that accountability together um and that was a great way to get started you know I don't think I think starting out with once a week and then building your way up is, is the way to go because I'm a big uh, proponent of SMART goals, which are, mm-hmm. you know, small, attainable, measurable goals that you can, you know, hold yourself accountable to. And so if it's something that seems like it's really easy to accomplish, then you'll actually get it done. Whereas if you if you uh, set your goal too high, you might not actually do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Like, it seems like you're, you're reaching for the moon sometimes. And then you're like, ah, I, my goal was to do it five times this week. I've only done it one. So why even bother with the other four? <laughs> like, Yeah, exactly. Or why even do it the next week? Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah, I think it's really got to be slow. And it's got to be something that you can achieve and um, for some people going into the studio is really important to holding themselves accountable and so if that is the case I think that's a great option and you can really build a nice community too from going to the yoga studios around you and meeting people I think it's a great way to find like-minded friends who you know, aren't aren't just friends you're making from 
situations where there's alcohol involved or, you know, that it's at a party. Um, Mm -hmm. It's more of a genuine connection over something that you're both interested in. And so I think that the studio is a great place to be, but I think it really just depends on the person and what they feel comfortable with at the moment. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think like, it's so important to slow down, like you said, like, instead of, you know, always going out to the bars or always having parties or whatever, it's like, this is building friendships through bettering yourself and you get to do it together. So that's, to me, that sounds like, you know, like a dream come true. Like, oh, like, I actually have these people that I can go and do it with. Or maybe it's a solo thing that they they really want to work through some things on their own. And then maybe they make friends later. Or however that looks to individual people. I totally agree. Like, it can it can hold space in so many different ways. I feel like. Oh, for sure. And you know, if you want it to be more of like a physical fitness practice, you can totally make it like that. But I think like once you start doing it for for a while, it becomes so much more. And so, you know, I think you got to get started, however speaks to you. And then eventually everything else just floods in from the practice. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, so... Okay, so you have your yoga practice well, slash yin, and then you have your um, Reiki and chakra and that side of your practice. And what else? What else do you do? Because you do a bunch of things. I I'm <laughs> waiting for you to say it. <laughs> yeah. So I right now I'm applying to go to law school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be taking my final LSAT exam in September, which Woo-hoo. I'm excited about. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've I've been, you know, training up to do that for a couple months now, and I'm really excited to uh, figure out where I'll end up going for law school. And so that's a big part of my goal in life of helping people and I think there's just so many different ways to help people when I was younger I had kind of a single-minded view of how that could be mm-hmm. but since I've discovered you know yoga really helps people and um, being a lawyer is another way in which I can help people mm-hmm. um, and so that's a big interest of mine I studied global affairs when I was at George Mason for my bachelor's and master's degrees very and yeah I would just I would love to do international law so I'm really focusing on ending up maybe in DC or or New York to to study law and then um, do some sort of help internationally with people I've done a lot of activism to help prevent human trafficking Mm -hmm. Um, and so that would be a really big area of focus um, for me but you know I'll see where I can I can get in and where I end up yeah and you can you've got like the whole package where you can help people inside and out you can help people you know heal themselves internally and mentally and physically and then you here you are like advocating for everybody else also in a actual like legal tangible way which is very very cool so all the kudos to you. And I'm so excited to watch you do that and watch you, you know, grow and succeed and have all of those awesome opportunities. Thank you. Yes, I, I really appreciate that. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how I can you know, make a difference in the world somehow. Yeah. And are you still doing your modeling career? Or is that kind of you're transitioning out of that? Or what does that look like right now? Yeah, so um, I've been modeling since I was three, and I've done a lot of, like, print and commercial type of work, Um, but actually how I got into activism against um, human trafficking was I was selected for a a modeling gig just randomly. Uh, I had no idea what, 
human trafficking was before then, but I was selected for the Department of Homeland Security's Blue Campaign, wow. which is a campaign to bring awareness to human trafficking in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I was 12 at the time. I had no idea what human trafficking was, you know. Yeah. Um, so I go there to the set and the Department of Homeland Security had brought in a lot of different people just to be able to explain to me in terms that a 12-year-old is able to understand in an appropriate way what human trafficking was. Oh my gosh, yeah. And um, in the ad campaign, I posed as a sex traffic child. And so, you know, I really, I needed to understand what it was to be able to emote those, um, the, I guess, to emote how that would look, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, it was really life-changing to me, you know? I have always been very sensitive to, you know, things, understanding things like that. And so upon hearing how people were treating children, I instantly wanted to help. And um, I wrote this essay about, you know, human trafficking and how how um, I wanted to bring awareness to it. And it ended up getting in the hands of the founder of the Model Alliance, which is a nonprofit in New York to okay. help bring about workers' rights for models and just fair working conditions in the fashion industry. Wow. And I ended up um, speaking with them at their press conference on the Child Models Act, which was a, a law that would bring awareness and bring rights to child models in New York that all other child performers already had, but the one type of child performer that's arguably the most vulnerable since their whole industry is based off their bodies. Right. Um, and a lot of which are young girls that are immigrants coming across seas with no chaperones. Oh. Um, so not, they didn't have the same rights that literally all child performers in New York had. And so I spoke out about how the bill would be very important in helping prevent trafficking in the modeling industry, which at the time, 2013, uh, they hadn't announced everything from the Me Too movement. But now we know with Jeffrey Epstein and all of these predators that lured on models and used the modeling industry as a means to get um, child you know, to traffic children. Yeah. We know how important those those um, rights are to child models. And so that was really cool to be able to help with something like that. Just, and it was so random how it occurred. You know, I didn't know that I would be selected for this campaign and that it would change my life like it did, but it has. And since I've been um, working with the Model Alliance, I just actually went to New York at the beginning of June to help them with another bill. But yeah, so doing some work against, against trafficking is a big um, draw for me and getting my law degree. That is so cool. And like the way that like you tie it all in together, like I'm I'm just listening to you now and I already kind of knew some of your story, but listening to you now, like I felt like I was like that was (laughs) that was awesome the way that you explained it and um the way that you want to help against human trafficking and help other young models in the industry because yeah and and kids you know they don't they don't know a they don't know how to speak up for themselves sometimes and b they sometimes don't know what's happening when it's happening and, um, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, children are just really vulnerable to that. And that's amazing that you're on the track to keep speaking out against it. And you've already done so much work against it, too, which is awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, just recently, the work that they're doing is to help bring those rights to adults. And so even 18-year-old girls 
you know, they just turned adults and they might not have the capacity to speak up for themselves as, um, as old might and have to, you know, be subjected to harassment at any age. So I think these, these bills that the Model Alliance is working on is really impactful for the modeling industry. And that's kind of where more of my focus has turned with mm-hmm. modeling. I do model now some, but um, it's definitely more of a hobby and I prefer doing more activism. I'd rather speak out and, um, you know, make a difference in that regard. Yeah, that's so cool how you got, well, how you kind of transitioned your role from modeling from print, you said commercials to into actually like in, into this and impacting and um, models make an impact regardless, whether it's through, you know, activism or rights or whether it's through awesome campaigns and, and ads and things like that. Either way, I definitely think you have made a difference. Um, but this is, this is so much deeper and, I, I can imagine that it's probably um, really fulfilling for you too. Yes, definitely. That's cool. So, okay. Um, yeah, I feel like I've been taken through a journey. I'm like, I don't even know where we, what we were talking about before. <laughs> but So, okay. Um, now, is there anything else that you want to tell our listeners that um, you either you want to speak out or do you want to, um, you know, encourage others or anything else that you want our listeners to know? We've talked about everything from yoga to chakras to Ricky to yin and um, your personal life. What else? What else do you have for us? Yeah, I think my one uh, final note, I had a quote that I wanted to read. Mm -hmm. And it's find peace at home within yourself then you shall find peace in everything else. It's by an unknown author, but I think um, this really, you know, sums up my intentions in life, you know, finding peace at home within yourself and helping other people and guiding other people in, in doing those things will help make the world a better place. And so I think that all of these things kind of align within that, um, within that message. Yeah, definitely. I love that. And I love that that quote has stood out, even though it has an unknown author, that shows how powerful those words are by themselves. Because it's not like Oprah said it. It's not like, you know, some famous person said it. And those quotes are great too, Gandhi and everybody. But the fact that those words stood out by themselves and yeah, it, it speaks for itself. You have to find peace within yourself. You have to really kind of dig down, figure out who you are and, and get quiet with it and get quiet. So you can hear your mind. So you can hear who you are at your core, because I feel like a lot of times nowadays um, we get so like distracted and we get so like wound up in the day-to-day things, whether it's social media, whether it's just running around with friends or family or, you know, your significant other, or maybe you have kids, like, a lot of times, I feel like we focus on being busy, 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 busy. And then when things kind of do settle down, and when things do get quiet, it's like, you, you feel like you're kind of left with nothing. And so I feel like knowing yourself and finding peace within yourself, that's, that's truly the, the main emphasis of kind of going on with your life, you know? Oh, for sure. And I think, finding peace within yourself is such like a radical way to bring peace to the world because we can't force anyone to change their mind or who knows whose opinions even correct. But when we make our own choices to make our inner environment clean, then everything outside of us starts to align. We show up as an example of you know, bringing peace towards yourself. And so other people want to bring peace to themselves. And it just transmits this, this energy of peace throughout the world. Yes. And I can say that, like, even 
you know, talking to you today and meeting you in person too, you do have that aura of peace about you. Like you can tell, you know, when someone is calm and when they, like you, you carry yourself very well and present yourself very well and your peace radiates and it makes me want to be peaceful and it makes me want to, you know, kind of like have like a Zen moment to myself and be like, this is, this is what true relaxation and true peace feels like. So you are definitely transmitting it and you make me want to transmit it to other people. And, um, you can really, really tell, and it's as simple as, you know, um, kind of an example that I thought of as you were saying that was if you smile at a stranger on the street, chances are they're going to smile back at you. Mm-hmm. Whether if you frown at, at a stranger on the seat on the street, chances are they're going to frown back at you. Like whatever you put out, you can spread throughout the entire world. And I totally, totally agree with you on that. Yes, for sure. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And I know we've been on the phone for a while, so I won't keep you um, too much longer. But thank you so much for coming on here and spreading the peace within my listeners. And um, hopefully everybody got a different takeaway from this because I know, you know, maybe you hit home with certain things to certain people and maybe in other categories to another person. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Times 10 so much for coming on here. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you giving me the space to kind of speak about some of these things and educate um, other people who, who may be interested but unaware. Yeah. And tell people if they want to learn more, if they want to hear more of you, hear more about your practice, where can they find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. And my Instagram is crystal chakra and that's c-h-a-k-r-a yogi um so crystal chakra yogi on instagram and www.crystalchakrayogi.com and i'd love to connect with any of you that want to connect just send me a dm or an email and i'd be happy to um to figure out how i can help Awesome. And guys, she's legit. I DM'd her too. Well, I already knew her in person, but I DM'd her to ask ask her to be on this podcast. So she will respond to you, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lily. And I will talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. All right, bye.